0: Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise all across this building. Oh, come on. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of all of my praise. Let's give him great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands one more time under the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. So good to be in God's presence. Amen. Thankful for what. The Lord is doing in ARC, Amen. How many is thankful for what the Lord did on Sunday? I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that, Amen. Thankful for what the Lord did. We were blessed uh, this last weekend to be preaching for my pastor in Spokane, Washington, and uh, you know it's it's it, it was a it was a great time. God moved, great things happened. Uh, but you know, I'll be honest with you. The whole time, I'm thinking, man, I wonder what God's going to do at ARC. So, it was a good, it was a good feeling to have. And uh, you know, I wasn't able to be in person, but I was online, and man, I could feel it. And uh, you know, it's just you can only get so much from online. The rest, you got to be here. It's kind of one of those you got to, you got to, you got to be in the presence, amen, to feel what you feel. And so, thankful for what God did. Thankful for uh, what Brother Puller was preaching, and I, I could tell he was tapped into the Holy Ghost and really just kind of step right into the vein with where ARC is and I thank God for the fivefold ministry. We have got to have the fivefold ministry in operation. Amen. And we're looking forward to him coming back uh, in at the beginning of October and believing God's going to do great things. Amen in Jesus name. Everybody said amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open and kind of get it ready to the book of Genesis. And uh, kind of, you want to hover right there around chapter 18, chapter 21. Amen. So I want to go into this. We talked in the last two weeks, and we were in Genesis chapter 18, and we were seeing the other side of the coin of what happened with Lot. Lot being the nephew of Abraham, he is in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and while he is there, he is—he has no clue to the impending judgment that is about to fall. And it is in this that we discovered that Abraham took these three strangers that came to him. He didn't know they were angels. And he began to be hospitable to them. And in that hospitality, he got an opportunity to intercede on behalf of his nephew Lot. Amen. And I wanted to really take that intercession that we talked about last week. And, you know, God gave us an opportunity even right after service. We were able to pray for a young man and God was touching him. And I believe God's going to do great things. In fact, uh, from my knowledge, he wants to be baptized in Jesus name. And I believe that it's also affecting more than just what we can see. When God gives us an opportunity to stand in the gap and to pray for other people, Amen. I want to tell you, we are affecting the eternity of others. I believe that every person that's in this building here today, you are here as a direct result, first and foremost, of the sacrifice of Jesus. And secondarily, that God utilized people to pray for you. Amen. Some, you might even know who it was that prayed for you. There's others that you don't know, but, uh, and I've said this to a few folks, you don't know, but you're an answer to our prayers. You came into this house, and I want to tell you that ARC has been actively praying that God would send people to this house that are are ready, that are hungry, that want God to do great things. They can come in broken. They can come in busted. It doesn't matter how they show up. As long as they show up and God can move on them, and everybody said amen. And so this intercession and this opportunity to negotiate with God would have never come if he had not been hospitable to strangers and everybody said amen now we're stepping into the new dispensation this new dispensation is called promise men are now required to love and to believe in God they must obey the covenant the first requirement was that they were to be a holy set-apart people they were to be set apart in uh the the right of circumcision this is what made them different And we have already done the study and talked about how in the New Testament that baptism is the circumcision of the heart. Amen. God had promised to Abraham that I am going to bless you and I am going to make you a great nation. But as we learned in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham complained to the Lord and said, I don't have any kids and I'm going to have to give my inheritance and my blessing to a servant. But God told Abraham that your seed is going to inherit. It is not going to come through the avenue of a slave. It's not going to come through the avenue of a servant. It is going to come strictly through your loins, through your lineage, through you and through Sarah. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 21, we're going to kind of go into this. Now, in the in-between, we've learned and we studied a lot about how Abraham, or at the time, Abram, he had believed God in the moment, but when he came to a time where he was discouraged, he went in to Hagar, the servant, the bond servant, and produced a child by the name of Ishmael. So God had to go through and change him from Abram to Abraham and I love what Brother Puller preached. Amen. I don't want to just be stirred. I I want to be changed. I don't want to just let God move on me. I want God to change me. And this was one of those changing moments. He was never to go back to Abram. He was to be Abraham. So God promised, even though you've made a mistake, I'm still going to bring a miracle through you. Amen. And we're going to read about that in Genesis chapter 21. In Genesis chapter 21 and verse number 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, and to Sarah he bare, and he called Isaac Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Amen. I want to tell you, amen, God is the God of promise. God will never state something that he can't back up. Amen. God will never say something that he doesn't have the power and the ability to fulfill. The Bible declares that his word will not return void. It will accomplish that which it was sent forth to do. When God speaks, his word is so powerful that he created light without there being a sun, moon or stars to emit from. His word is true. We can take God at his word. And, uh, and I do want to clarify, there are some people that they think, well, I got a promise from God. And then they get discouraged and they give up on the promise. Amen. And and then sometimes it never comes to pass. And you've got to ask yourself the question, did I really receive a promise from God or did I receive a promise from me? you got to clarify whether or not you receive a promise from you or a promise from God. Sometimes we make we make God say things he never said. You know, some people have, have said it, and I've, I've dealt with some folks. Well, God told me this. Well, what changes are you making in your life to align with what God has told you? God's calling me to be a missionary. Okay, what are you doing right now to align yourself in faith with what God has said? Amen. And, and, and maybe there's times where God really did purpose that but we don't follow through with our end of the promise. It would be like Abraham uh, leaving Sarah. God said, I'm going to give a child to you and Sarah. Well, if you leave Sarah, it's never going to come to pass. And then there's times where we make God say something he never said, And then we get discouraged. This is why it's so important. I want to tell you, God's word is super powerful. If God says it, it will affect not only you, it will affect everything around you. If God has promised that he's going to do something, I want to tell you, it does not matter. If you are 99 or 100 years old, God will still bring that word to pass. Amen. Second 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. You could write this down if you'd like. You read it for yourself. It says this for all the promises, everybody say all the promises. All the promises of God are in Him, yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God are in Him, yes, and in Him, amen, which means if God has made you a promise, the answer is yes. And the answer is, so be it. Amen. If God truly has promised it to you, do not be discouraged, child of God. You will endure hardness. You will go through suffering. Uh, There are things, let me just help everybody here today. Is there anybody that's got a promise from God in the house of the Lord? Amen. Lift up your hand. If you've got a promise, if you don't, you can get one tonight amen because everything paul told timothy you are to war a good warfare according to the prophecies or the promises that have been made upon your life amen every one of us we are a prophetic community everything we do operates on first and foremost the prophecy of the word of god that is in operation but then there is the prophecy that comes to us through the word and through the spirit amen sometimes when i'm preaching I I will just speak things that I don't always know what I'm speaking in the moment, but I'm actually prophesying over somebody. The Bible says in Revelations that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. We are a prophetic people. And so God is constantly giving us promises. Amen. Sometimes the promises of God come through his word. I want to tell you, every promise in this book is available to you and I. And if you don't know the promises of the Word of God, it's much like having rights as a citizen. If you don't know the rights you have, you are forfeiting the rights that you have because those rights will be infringed upon you and you won't know that you can stand upon those rights the same thing is true when it comes to promises every promise of God is in him yes and in him amen so if God has ever promised something to you you can you can go back to his word and you can stand upon that promise and you don't have to let life sway you you don't let to have you don't have to let your emotions sway you you don't have to let circumstances sway you you go back to where it was written and And you do what Jesus did to the devil. It is written. Amen. Promises of God are yes and amen. So if God has ever promised you something. Now, I'll ask another question. Has anybody ever been given a promise that it has not yet come to pass? (laughs) Amen. Well, everybody else that did not raise your hand, please pray for the rest of us. We would love, amen, for you to pray. Because if God's answering all of your prayers... And he's bringing everything he's ever promised you to pass. Because God is constantly, the Bible says, God speaks to the things that are not as though they were. He is the God that created uh, the beginning from, this, from the place of the end. He is there at the end of it all, and he's creating, amen. So God starts with a prophecy, amen. I, I know I'm off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I want people to understand what a promise and a prophecy is. God starts with a promise and a prophecy, and often God will just give you a glimpse And that glimpse is for you to walk in faith. This is what he did to Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. I will bless you, and in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. It's a prophecy and a promise of Jesus Christ. But this also was a direct promise that you're going to have a son. You're going to have children and out of you. And this is something they did not have. And so they started walking by faith according to a promise and a prophecy that God had to them. And they walked in that prophes- promise in that prophecy. But let me just tell you, amen, some good news for everybody else that might be starting to get discouraged with the promise and the prophecy. He did not see Sodom and Gomorrah in this. He did not see the wars in this. He did not see Egypt in this. He did not see his own failings in the middle of this. But God was not discouraged by it. And God was not worried about it. And God, because every promise of God is in him, yes, and in him, amen. And if you can just keep walking forward, you will receive the promise and everybody said amen. God will often give you a glimpse and some people say well I want God to give me steps A through Z. That's not how God works. God will often give you step, step C but not give you A or B. And sometimes God will give you step H and not give you the remaining ones. Maybe he'll sprinkle a couple in here. This is why we have to walk with God, because God is constantly. Abraham, you notice, and I'll talk about this at another time. He is constantly building altars. and He's constantly praying and talking to God. And it is in those moments that God says, look, north, south, east, and west. What's happening? God's giving him direction. And then God speaks a new word to him and a new prophecy, a prophecy and a new promise. Amen. All of these promises and prophecies in God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, regardless of how you feel. Now, if you gave you a promise, you are going to get mighty discouraged because it'll never come to pass. And that's why we really need to pray and say, God, did this really come? Here's a good a good gauge on whether or not the promise and prophecy of God uh, is is in fact a promise or prophecy of God. Number one, does it contradict the word of God? well god god gave me a prophecy and a promise well does it contradict his word well uh you know unfortunately it does okay that's not a prophecy or promise from god hallelujah does it conflict with the holy ghost inside you well god told me i'm gonna marry her <laughs> but she is not a godly individual you you either really need to pray and fast for god to save that individual. Or it probably wasn't a prophecy from God or a promise from God. It was a prophecy from your flesh. And, uh, and and also, you know, when you talk about a promise of God, is it is it happening on God's time frame or is it happening in your time frame? Because there's things that we say, well, God God's going to do it, and then we turn around, we do it. That's not a promise from God, not a prophecy from God. That's a promise, a prophecy from us. Here's a great way, if you talk about uh, life, a great way to view it. If God opens the door, he'll pave the way. If you open the door, you'll pay every cent. If God is the one that has got the promise, he's going to open all the doors. This is the moment where where, where uh, Paul feels in his heart, he looks at a lost and dying world, and he says, I need to go into Asia because they need the word. And God speaks to them. The Holy Ghost inside you will tell you, and it will speak to you. And God said, do not go to Asia. In fact, go a 1,000 miles in the opposite direction. This makes no sense to the carnal mind, but God says, no, it's not time. And he goes in the opposite direction. He preaches, and if you really study the Scriptures, he he actually uh, he goes to other places and doesn't really have as much uh, much happening. And he goes to Mars Hill, and, and nobody gets converted, and it seems like he's wasting his time because things aren't happening. But he's operating on a promise and a prophecy from God. And every promise and prophecy of God is in him, yes, and in him, amen. And if you know that Scripture to be true, and if you trust that God is good and God is working all things together for good, you You follow him as Paul followed and then you get to the scripture that God sends him to Asia and the Bible declares that all of Asia heard the word in the space of two years. You know, when we get ahead of God and we start doing things, we create Ishmaels like like Abram did, and we do things outside of God's time frame. And and you know, Paul would have knocked every door in Asia and nobody would have been receptive and nobody would have received it. But because he was walking according to a promise and a prophecy, and although his flesh wanted to do something different, and he walked according to the promise and the prophecy of God, amen, what would have taken him an eternity to do, took the Holy Ghost two years to do I think we ought to give the Lord some praise for that Abraham and Sarah oh my goodness God don't you know we're about to hit our we're about to hit the the triple digits amen if you have your Bibles you can look at it Genesis 18 and 14 the angel Lord that showed up when he was being hospitable here's the here's the question that's asked Genesis 18 and 14 is there anything too hard for the Lord? In fact, this, this this same question is asked more than once in the Bible. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Be, this is a rhetorical question. Because if there's anything too hard for him, he's not the Lord. He's not the Lord if anything's too difficult for him. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? amen and the answer should always resonate within us no in fact we sing about it here is there anything too hard for the lord no and it's easy to say that for somebody else but what happens when you have a promise and a prophecy that has not yet come to pass here's here's the great thing about this revelation of understanding every promise in him is yes and every promise in him is amen when we recognize if it's truly a promise from god there is no closed door that will stop him he will open every closed door. There is no there is no, no, body that will stop him. He will eradicate every Abimelech that's in the way. Amen. He will eradicate every Pharaoh that's in the way. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And when you realize if God truly planned it and promised it, he'll make sure every door is open. Amen. That doesn't mean you won't go through trouble and trial to get there, but God will, in fact, make a way where there is no way. Amen. Because if you've got a prophecy, and let me just say this. Every promise and prophecy in God is yes and amen, and we'll study it later. But look at the story of Joseph. God told him, all of your brethren are going to bow down before you. Now, in that, he never saw the pit. He never saw the prison. He never saw being lied on by Potiphar's wife. Just because you don't see all those things doesn't mean you don't, it, it does not negate the promise that God has in your life, even though you have to go through those hard things. But I'll tell you one thing he also didn't see. He never saw the palace. I want to tell you, there's going to be hard days when you got a promise from God. There's going to be difficult days. There's going to be turn around, you turn moments where you want to quit and give up and give in. But if you will hold fast to the promise that God has in your life, every promise is yes. And everything he endured, he got the promise of God. And here's the beautiful thing about promises of God being yes and amen. Whether she was 25 years old or 100 years old. It didn't matter to god here's a cool little philosophical thing you know when you talk about infinity the highest number we can say whether you know 999 trillion 999 billion 999 million you know when you talk about infinity that 999 trillion is closer to the number zero than it is to infinity i know that just blew somebody's mind so in other words if god is in it and he's infinite that it doesn't matter if you are 25 years old in the prime of your life or you're 100 years old, God can do it because it's it's just a, it's closer to zero than it is to infinity, amen, which means no matter the trouble and the trial you face, amen, there is no trouble or trial that is closer to God. I want to tell you it's closer to zero and it's closer to being nothing to God. I want to tell you, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing, nothing. There is no thing. With man it might be impossible, but Jesus said with God all things are possible. I think we ought to take a praise break and give the Lord some praise all across this building. Amen. The Lord visited Sarah as he said. Remember, if you got a word from the Lord and it truly is a word from the Lord, it doesn't contradict his word It doesn't contradict the spirit of God. It's not not contradicting what God has been speaking, what God has been going and saying. The Lord visited and said, this is how it's going to happen. And God answered and did as he said. He's always going to do that. If God said it's going to happen a certain way, don't create your own way. He said it's going to happen a certain way. You trusted him. Amen. And Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. It wasn't in our time frame. It was in God's time frame. But not even that time frame hindered God's power. And everybody said amen. So she, they they got the promise. They got the promises of God. They finally are holding it. Imagine this. You're, you're 100 years old. You finally got the promised child. This is incredible. Amen. Let's go down to, uh, let's go a little further down. And let's read in. Chapter 21. Of Genesis, chapter 21. And verse number 8. And I'm going to talk about two things here tonight. Chapter 21, verse 8. Now they've got the Son. Now notice how it just skips ahead. All of those chapters we're in the waiting of receiving the promise i mean that's really a big chunk of your of the book of genesis is him waiting and we want god to just show up right now on our time frame it's like no this is actually where the story this is where the story gets good it's all these other things that are happening this is actually what makes the promise and the prophecy that much more special you know the things you have to wait for and work for they're just that much better amen And the things that you get right away, sometimes we don't really treat them very good. So sometimes God allows us to go through waiting, some of this being Abraham, some of this being God's time frame. Some of this strictly being uh, that this is going to show a representation. It needs to be a miraculous birth because it had to set a precedence because later on in the book of Luke, amen, Elizabeth has a miraculous birth and Mary has a miraculous birth. And, and it was not uncommon to the Jewish people to understand the concept of a miraculous birth. Amen. And eventually the Messiah had to come through a miraculous birth. So they didn't understand why they were waiting, but God had a very specific purpose. There had to be a miraculous birth. And everybody said amen. Verse number 8, it just jumps ahead. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was born weaned. Amen. Now this is a verse you could just pass up, but we're going to later read in the book of Galatians. We're going to we're going to read a couple verses, but I want us to look at this, verse number 9. Amen. And I want to kind of give us a little context. And the son saw or, and and Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian <coughs> which she had born unto Abraham mocking. And wherefore she said to Abraham, "Cast out the bondwoman and her son." For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight, because his son. And God said to Abraham, Let not it be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said to thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. If you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 5, and then we're gonna I'm gonna keep it real close to Hebrews. We're gonna go to First Peter as well. Amen. It's only a couple pages from there. Hebrews chapter five. And we're gonna we're gonna take this story of Abraham and we're gonna extrapolate a little bit and we're gonna prove a theological understanding. Amen. This is exactly what Paul will do in the book of Galatians. And we're going to talk about the law a little bit tonight. But we're also going to talk about Christian maturity. Amen. I never said praise God. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Whether you believe this is Apollos or Paul or anybody else that wrote this, uh, you can read it however you'd like. But this is what the writer is saying. He is talking to the church. He said, for when the time you ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now, this is a pretty harsh rebuke for the church because he's just got done talking to them about Melchizedek. And he said, I wanted to share all these other revelations to you, but you were too spiritually immature. So there's actually revelations about Melchizedek we'll never get from this writer because the church at that time was too spiritually immature. Verse 13. For everyone that uses, uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He is making a case, and later in chapter 6, you can read on your own time, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, and this will we do if God permit. He is putting and he's making a He's making a push for spiritual maturity. He is trying to push the church saying, hey, listen, I want to share all these things, but currently you are too spiritually immature to receive it. And I've got to go back to the milk of the word. Now, there's nothing wrong with the milk of the word. The milk of the word is good. But he is saying there is a danger of not maturing. If you don't mature, then what happens is we just keep you on a steady diet of milk. And let me just talk about this for a moment. Because there are churches that keep people on a steady diet of milk. And there's some that that keep uh, the church not even on milk. They keep them rationed, even less than milk, because they're afraid of what will happen when people grow. Amen there was a and i want to i want to take what what happened with abraham abraham in the day that isaac was weaned he got off the milk i want to tell you what happened he had a party and he had a celebration i want to tell you some churches celebrate that the people have been kept ignorant i do not celebrate that amen i want to tell you no church ought to celebrate that Pastor, why are we having Bible study? Because I don't want you to be on milk for the rest of your life. I want you to be able to exercise your senses and exercise the Word of God. Amen. There are some places the only person that knows anything is the pastor. I thank God that's not the case in the apostolic church. We are to be skillful in the Word of the Lord. Amen. It is not a celebration when people are ignorant. Well, you know, they just obey you know what there is a place for obedience we've talked about it but it's better for you to understand now there's sometimes you will need to obey having not understood because it's what's right but in all you're getting get understanding go back to the word of god don't be ignorant amen because the bible even says we are not ignorant of the devil's devices you don't study this word you will you will not know how the devil operates let alone how God operates. Amen. There are things in this book. Amen. The Bible says it is the engrafted engraved word of God which is able to save our souls. So there's a danger in not maturing. And if we are not careful, now I'm not saying anybody here is like that. I believe because you're in Bible study here tonight, you are currently maturing. But this is why when you go to teach or preach on certain things, people start choking because they're babes in Christ. And here's what's interesting about this. Is it's typically not the new person hallelujah it's the person that's got a full set of spiritual teeth that hadn't learned how to chew and so you bring you bring a spiritual principle and they get offended hallelujah amen because they're not spiritually mature enough to handle it amen I want to tell you this why it's so important for us to continue to take the word of God and to let it work in our lives. because if we don't mature, we will miss out on spiritual things that God wants to give us. Amen. I believe that there is coming a day for the church where we, we are going to get into the gifts of the Spirit. They are going to be an operation in full force in the church. And God would love to do that. I believe that it would I, I believe we could see a healing every single week. I believe that we could see miracle signs and wonders every single week. Who would love to see that? I would love to see that. I pray for that day. Amen. And Paul, but Paul even talked about it. I would rather that you speak amen, that you would prophesy, amen, I would rather that you speak a th- a, a couple words in a language you understand than a thousand words, and, and again, I don't have time to delve into that, but he's talking about the difference between the gift of tongues, which is uh, tongues and interpretation, those are things that operate as a form of prophecy in the church, but he's saying, I'd rather you pray in a couple words you understand, amen, what is he saying, understanding is important, uh, and if we can get understanding, all these other things we don't yet understand will start to flow as well but it starts off with this spiritual maturity he said I, he said that i would love to teach you this but it's strong meat and strong meat belongs to them that are a full age hallelujah when isaac was weaned all of a sudden they had they said let's celebrate let's party i want to tell you when you mature as a christian it is cause for celebration let me just say this for a moment get real practical when the things that used to offend you no longer offend you you ought to throw a party when you get a revelation and you no longer have to keep well I don't know why and I don't and God gives you a revelation it's time to celebrate well pastor why you know what I want to tell you, I want to give you a reason to dance on Sunday Hallelujah. Because God gave you a revelation, and you're never going back to the person you used to be. And and, and now you have a reason to celebrate because you're no longer on a fixed diet of milk, but now you can endure the stronger things, and you can grow, and your muscles can get stronger, and your spiritual walk can get stronger, and you can can actually begin to help around the house, Isaac, and you can do different things. I want to tell you, as God develops people in the church, that is a cause for celebration. That's a cause for us to get excited. Because that means they're coming of full age. Amen. Second or first Peter chapter two, you're just going to flip over. It's the next book in your Bible. First Peter chapter two and verse number one. This is how you start maturing as a Christian. It's all right here tonight. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, that is something we are all called to do as Christians. Laying aside all malice. What's that gossip? Talking bad about people. Notice the next part. As newborn babes. If you, well, Pastor, you know, I got some folk Now, nobody here today. You're all angels. Amen. But I met a few folk. Man, you know, I, I, I just... I'm real, I've been living for God for 40 years. The truth is, you live for God one year 40 times. Because notice what his next phrase is, as newborn babes. Which means, laying aside all these these terrible things is an act of a new Christian. And if at 40 years of living for God, you haven't laid aside malice and guile and evil speaking, well, we need to go back. (laughs) Hallelujah. Then you are exactly what the writer was talking about in Hebrews chapter 5. You're still on the milk. Hallelujah. But maturity says I'm going to lay aside all these things. This is, you know, the kid that throws a tantrum. It's fine when they're a baby. In fact, sometimes it's kind of cute. Gets a little less cute when they're like 15. Gets a little less cute when they're 18. They go to jail when they're 20. You know, there's just there's just those things where it's you got to just there's certain stages of life. You know, it's kind of it's kind of cute when they're spitting up. It's a little different when they're 10. You know, it's time to it's time to change, right? There's there's a growth process amen it's it's one thing to carry a baby it's another thing to carry a full-grown man i know this is kind of sound funny it's one thing to give a bottle to a baby it's another thing to give a bottle to a full-grown man you understand that's that's what he's saying here if we don't mature it's like giving a bottle to a full-grown person and as christians we must constantly be maturing how do we do that through the word number one secondly we do that by laying aside some things 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul put it this way. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. This is our maturity as a Christian. Number one, we receive the word. We take the word. We chew and ingest the word. And secondly, we take all of the things. Yes, there's things that, you know, when you're a new Christian, there's things you can get away with. And you know what? We just love you, love you, hug you. Amen. But there comes a day where it's like, okay, you got to stop doing that. Right? And this same thing's true in your spiritual walk. There's some things God will be like, you know what? They're just learning. They're just learning. And then there comes a day where the belt comes out from God, because you should have learned this lesson. And I've done talking about it. And now it's time to correct the behavior. Amen. Praise God. I'm just doing a little, little, little pastoring here. <laughs> Amen. Now he talks about this. And, and and he goes into, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That word is there for you to grow. It starts off as milk. At first, it's milk, and you just take what you can get. And when you come to church, at first you may not understand everything. That's okay. Just just eat what you can. Hallelujah. But But please, if you want to keep maturing, don't ever get to a place where your palate says, I like this, I don't like that. Don't ever get to the place in your Christian walk where your palate, spiritual palate starts ripping pages out of the Bible and, and, and stopping your ears as they did in the book of Acts to what the preacher has to say because I like that point, but oh, don't talk about that. You could talk about... You can talk about whatever you want, but don't talk about church attendance. You know, you can talk about what and we start stopping our ears. The the, the newborn babe, they're hungry. They're, they're so sincere about it. They want whatever the word has to give them. I want to tell you, we are to be converted as little children and the word of God is to be like that to us. But we are to ingest it if it's in milk form. But as we mature, God allows us to take that word and even if it's a difficult word, we take it and we chew on it. We do as best we can. And then we keep growing, we keep maturing and everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Second Peter 3 and 18. Just turn open there. I'll just read a couple more verses. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is a commandment from the apostle Peter. He says this, but grow in grace. Everybody say, grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him both be both glory now and forever amen second Peter just go back to chapter 1 you can read a little bit I won't read all of this for time sake here today you can study it for yourself but we start off as new Christians or maybe you've been a Christian a while and you've noticed you've not matured well you lay aside certain things certain behaviors certain way of speaking certain way of thinking certain understandings you let God through prayer and through the Holy Ghost lay those things aside and what do you do? You don't just lay aside things. You have to pick up something. You can't just lay aside a bad behavior. You need to pick up a good behavior. You lay aside all of the all of the things of this world. You renounce the things of this life and you pick up the word of God and you start ingesting that word. That's how you grow in grace and that's how you grow in knowledge of Jesus. Amen. It's one thing if if you if you slap a new Christian, they're going to probably knock you out. Right? Because that's a reflex of the world. And, and you do that even in a, in a metaphorical sense, you know, you metaphoric sense. You, you, you proverbially smack them on the cheek. They're going to just strike back. You say something to them, they're going to say something right back to you. Why? It's their habit. But as they grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus, they lay aside that. And they start learning about Jesus, which is turn the other cheek. Amen. For the person that says, well, that's just how I am. You need to grow. Praise God. Because how you are today should not be how you are 10 years from now. Uh, I've used this example before, but when I first got saved, I cussed like a sailor. Amen. Some, a really unsaved sailor. And, and, and I started realizing that this is not godly. This is not good. And so, uh, forgive me, but I used a little, little better cuss words. <laughs> what was I doing? Maturing. I was growing. And then I started using Christian cuss words. Right? And then I started saying, by golly gee. No, not really. But I- eventually I removed that completely from my life. That's what it is when you start growing in grace. Well, when somebody says, you know, well, this is how I am. Well, if that's how you are, grow. Because that's how you are today. But don't be that way a year from now. And what what used to be your worst way back here, you don't even think about that anymore. Amen. Now all of a sudden you've got a new bar and a new line of spiritual maturity that says, I don't go below that line. And you just keep setting the bar higher and higher. That's how you grow in grace. You grow in grace by his word. You grow in grace through his spirit. You grow in grace by, 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 by praying and seeking his face. Amen. And Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And this links to what we're talking about here tonight whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. God's going to make you a prophetic individual. He's going to give you precious promises through the preaching, through prayer, through his word, all of those things that you're growing by. Amen. But those prophecies and those promises are not there for you to just sit on them. Well, God called me, uh, you know, I, I said this before, God told my brother he's going to be a missionary. I believe God did. But he just kept doing the things he was doing. Well, i got unfortunate news. He's not a missionary today. Now, maybe God will turn him into one down the road if he'll give himself to the process. But there's people that they think because they've got a promise, a prophecy from God, it's going to just happen. No, Abraham, you're going to have to walk. You're going to have to grow. And Abraham stumbled and he made mistakes, but he kept growing through them. Hallelujah. Don't just go through life. Grow through life. And everybody said amen. He said this. You were given precious promises. Why? That by these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the that is in the world through lust. And beside all this, giving all diligence, everybody say add. Pastor, I got faith. Okay, thank God that that Isaac was born as a promised child. Thank God he was born um, born by faith. Praise God for that. But everybody say add, add to your faith virtue. Well, Pastor, I'm just going to stick right here on the level of faith, okay? Well, you got to keep moving forward and add to your virtue knowledge. Well, I just, I, you know, I don't really feel the calling to be a preacher or a teacher, so I'm just going to stay ignorant and let you do the thinking. That's how the blind follow the blind, and they both fall into a ditch. I'll just let somebody else do it. No, I want to tell you, it's the will of God for every individual. That doesn't mean everybody. Everybody's going to be a pastor. Doesn't mean everybody's going to necessarily be a teacher. But I'll tell you what it is: when we all grow and we all learn and we all grow in knowledge, guess what happens? We all get better. And then somebody asks us a question, and we don't got to go find somebody else. We actually say, "You know what? Let me take you. Let me take you through the Bible real quick." So we add and we add to our faith, virtue, and a virtue knowledge, and a knowledge brotherly, uh, and let's continue on, you add to your knowledge temperance, and a temperance patience, and a patience godliness. Well, I, you know, I, that's not really for me. I don't really, you know, it's Isaac basically saying, I just like milk. I don't ever want to stop doing this. I just like milk. Amen. I just want to come to church, and that's all I want to do, and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm just going to come and I'm just going to enjoy a little, little, little bit on Sunday, and I'll, I'll just re- reject the rest. I mean, that's not the will of God. There's a celebration when Isaac matures. Praise God. And so you add, you get godliness. What is that? Godlikeness. Amen. The Bible talks about beware of those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. What is a form of godliness, and how do they deny the power there? What is the power? The power of godliness is being godly, not just looking godly. Hallelujah. And and this is where, as mature as we can become, we keep growing. This is This is where Christianity really gets difficult because we're going uphill. We're actually saying, I refuse to stay the way I am. I refuse my faith to stay the way it is. We should always be striving for more and growing in Jesus. And everybody said amen. We talked about this one last week. And add to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things, ready, is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, giving all diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Our Christian walk is, should never stop at the new birth experience. And I'm going to just be done here tonight. Amen. I've got a lot more we can talk about, and we will. Amen. But I want to just say this. Our Christian existence should never stop. Isaac, your life should not stop at the new birth. Isaac's born. He's now, he's now on the bottle, and he's excited. Praise God. Yes, that's where everybody starts. It's where everybody comes in. But do not let that be your stopping point. Amen. Come in the door. Come into the kingdom and then realize there's more in the kingdom than I recognize. Amen. And as you walk further and further in the kingdom, God's going to give you opportunities to grow in grace, to grow in knowledge, to grow in temperance, to grow in patience. How does that work? He's going to bring you somebody that makes you frustrated. Oh, man, God, could you just teach me patience and teach it to me right now? I need it now. No, God's going to God's going to God's going to put the slowest driver in front of you. And if you're the slowest driver, I rebuke you in Jesus name. God's going to add all these things. You know what it's going to look like? And all of the parents you'll understand this. Give me the bottle. All right, pastor. I hope you have a word for me on Sunday. And on Wednesday, and I will, I'll do my best. I'll try to bring, and I won't just try to bring a weak word. I'll try to bring a strong word. That's going to be, that's my job to continually do that. But, you know, I love what somebody once said. You know, there was somebody who was complaining, man, I don't feel fed at that church. And this person's like, you just must be deaf. But they said, well, then why don't you go home and make yourself a sandwich? Furthermore, why don't you make somebody else a sandwich? Praise God and and this is where spiritual maturity comes in it's like well i'm gonna wait until sunday you know who ate today if you're unless you're fasting don't don't tell me but who ate today praise god i ate today all right who's going to eat tomorrow praise god i'm gonna eat tomorrow who's gonna eat on on friday i'm gonna eat on friday praise god you know why because i don't i want to (laughs) grow somebody said if you can't grow up grow out praise god i'm just the bible says the fat is the lord's i'm just trying to be more of god's but you know there are people that you ate today you will eat tomorrow you eat the next day And there's people that said, I'll eat on Sunday. And then I'll eat on Wednesday. And I'll wait until Sunday. I want to tell you, I would not do that in the physical. I certainly wouldn't do that in the spiritual. Amen. There's some of y'all ate three times today and you're going to eat tonight. Going for the fourth one. You know how hungry we ought to be for Jesus? As newborn babes desire. Amen. That's that's the same word that the Bible uses desire, and not always in the positive connotation, but in a negative connotation. Amen. It's an overwhelming, in uncontrollable I want to tell you, for all the parents, when you had a, when you had a baby, it's like they woke up every few hours, every, sometimes every few minutes crying and saying, I want to eat. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Amen. When we get into God, when we get into church, when we get into the kingdom, we should be so hungry for the things of God and the word of God that we can't go a day without. We can't go a day without eating. I can't go a day without praying. I can't go a day without reading the Word. I can't go a day without getting some preaching in my life. I can't go a day without praising God and worshiping God. I want to tell you, that's how it starts. But, brother, please don't let that be how it finishes. Because there's some people, they get to a place where they've got a little extra on the side, and they can fast a little bit, and they stop stop getting hungry. This is why Jesus said, "Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled." If you don't hunger and if you don't thirst after righteousness, guess what? You're not going to be filled with it. And this is where people they start off, as Paul says, and I, I, I'm not, I'm going to get into this next time, Amen. But they start off in the spirit, and he said, "Are we going to be perfected in the flesh?" If you started off hungry for God and passionate for God and you just couldn't get enough, uh, amen, after a couple years, you can't allow yourself uh, to become starved and emaciated and act like you're not hungry. Amen. The truth is you'll fill yourself up with something. This is how people get carnal is they start filling themselves up with junk. Hallelujah. I'm off on a tangent. Isaac comes in, he's getting the milk, and he's excited, he can't, he's so hungry. But you know what they do? They start taking the bottle, and they start putting some peas and carrots in front of him. Ugh. And purees them, and puts them in a Gerber bottle. And ugh. Hey Man, the parent won't even eat it. But, you know, that's another story for another time. Do you know why they give it to him? Because it's good for them. And if they don't eat that, they won't move on to the next stuff. And I want to tell you, if you don't like Gerber... That's understandable. It's disgusting. But did you, have you ever had filet mignon? It's excellent. And if you don't grow on this, you'll never get to that. And I want to tell you, there's some folks that you God's going to start taking you through some situations, Amen. Where He starts removing the milk from your life, and He starts putting things that don't feel as good, you don't like as much, and it's not as it's not as enjoyable. And sometimes it's pureed peas and carrots, and you don't like it. But He's going to try to get you to the filet mignon, Amen. I want to tell you, there's some folks God wants to use you mightily, and God wants to call you to greater things. uh, But if you don't get the basic principles down and the basic things down, He won't ever be able to get you to that next level but if you can just be amen insatiably hungry for righteousness and for the things of God I'll tell you what's going to happen you're going to grow and God will wean you off of the milk and there will be a celebration because when God weans you off of the milk he can start using you for a greater purpose oh let's stand across the building let's clap our hands under the Lord Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. I want to tell you, this is a growing people. This is a growing church. We are growing Christians. Uh, We are not stagnant. We are not staying where we are. We're going to keep moving forward. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord all across this building. In Jesus' wonderful name. Oh, come on, let's pray. Amen. God, help me to grow. Amen. And maybe there's some things God's been bringing into your life that don't feel as good. I want to tell you, this is an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to grow as a person, as a parent, as a leader. God is helping you and giving you an opportunity to mature. Amen. Don't reject the things God brings into your life. There's some people, they don't want to change. They don't want to grow, so they reject what God brings in their life. But it's good for you. And it's going to help make you better. And I, I promise you this, it gets better. We got some cooks in the house of the Lord. Amen. You can only eat their food that's delicious if you grow some teeth. Praise God. You can only enjoy their enjoy their food if you learn how to eat these other foods. Amen. And God's got so many better things for us. Isaac, God's got more than milk. But you got to mature to the level where you can receive it. And not choke on it. And everybody said amen. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray here tonight. We're going to pray because I believe that's why you're here tonight. You want to mature. You want to grow. The Christian existence is never meant to be stagnant. We are consistently growing. Everybody say growth. Our church is a growing church. It's going to grow numerically. But it will never grow numerically beyond what it has grown internally. If we can grow. I'll tell you what's going to happen. God's going to grow the kingdom exponentially. Everybody say amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come down to the front. We're going to pray. And uh, and, and we're going to pray that every situation that you might be facing in your life, I want to tell you, is an opportunity for you to grow. And we're going to pray about those situations right now. And I want you to pray a very specific prayer. I want you to pray, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? What are you trying to teach my family through this? Is there an area in our lives where we need to grow? Is there an area where you're wanting to lead us further? And as you come and pray about that, I believe that God's going to speak to you. Amen. I want to tell you, all those promises that God gives you, they are there in your life to lead you further in your Christian existence. Amen. When God puts a prophecy saying, here's where I want to use you, that doesn't mean he's going to use you right there this next week in that area. But what he's saying is if you'll mature to this level, that's where I'm going to use you. Would you lift up your hands and pray right now? Amen. I want to grow like Jesus is calling me to grow. Amen, God. That's why I'm in Bible study. That's why I'm in church because I don't want to stay, amen, as a baby in Christ. I want to continue to grow so that eventually I can be used in the kingdom, amen, to affect somebody else. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. If you've got a promise from God or a prophecy from God, I want you to pray right now about that promise. It could very well be that you are, you are one, one level below, amen, what God wants to use you as and where God's calling you to, but it starts by maturing, and if you'll mature, God will say, I can now trust you with this. I can now use you in this area. Oh, let's pray all across this building in Jesus' name. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray, God? Right now, would you touch me as, as, as an individual? Come on, men. It might be that you need to pray, God, help me to be a better husband. Help me to grow into that so I can love her as Christ loved the church. It might be help me to grow to be a better a better uh, father. It, it might be moms to pray for their kids. It might be for wives to pray to be a better wife. It might be, Lord, help me to be a better saint of God. Uh, whatever it is, we can all grow. This is not an admission of guilt but an opportunity to add to our faith uh, tonight, God. I pray there's going to be a celebration because somebody's moving forward. Spirit, purify me. And make me new I wanna be holy, holy come on that's holy. it there's more for you and God there's more in God you just gotta to go after it you just gotta go after you got to pray for it you gotta you gotta run after it hallelujah in Jesus name. That's it, let's pray all across this building. Oh, and that's it I feel the Holy Ghost in this building I want to tell you there's a call God's making leaders out of this group come on God's calling us all to a level higher if there's something right now that's been bothering you pray God help me to grow beyond this